Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 611, to be exact, this is a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me because I am your everyday guy. I am not a gun professional. I just believe in my Second Amendment rights and talk to you about them. So this episode, I I want to talk about brand loyalty, and I want to talk about triggers. Brand loyalty and triggers. Some things I've been learning lately as I have been doing more shooting lately and really taking a pretty analytical look at all the guns that I own and why I own them and how I shoot them or if I don't shoot them or whatever the the case might be. And I've been analyzing because going into 2023, it's going to be a big deal because I want to do a whole lot more shooting. More shooting actually than I've probably done the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going to dedicate myself in 2020, 2023. I said this last year, but didn't dedicate myself hard enough to actual shooting, the art of shooting. And it is definitely an art, whether you, you're training for competition or whether you're training for self-defense or whether you're taking your first class and you just want to learn a little bit more on how to use your handgun. So brand loyalty, let me talk about that. I want to start with that. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Keepers Concealment. If you appendix carry, look no further than Keepers Concealment. I think they're the leading authorities on appendix carry. And I think if you need a holster for carrying pretty much any gun, appendix carry, go to keepersconcealment.com. I own three of their holsters, keepersconcealment.com. I only have sponsors on this show that produce products that I use. And I use Keepers Concealment holsters. You get a discount, 10% discount, by using the discount code HANDGUNWORLD, HANDGUNWORLD, at keepersconcealment.com. Check them out. What happens with brand loyalty when people are pretty much stuck on brand loyalty? I think it can actually be a detriment. It's it's a negative. Brand loyalty is a negative, and I see a, a lot in in the handgun world industry, actually in the gun gun industry, whether it's uh, handguns or long guns, shotguns, rifles. People like to have a certain brand, and I think it's because they only take the advice of, for example, somebody that they know, a friend of theirs or a relative of theirs, and they say, get get XYZ kind of pistol. You got to just get the XYZ pistol, okay? Because it's the best pistol out there. And so they think, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll take my uncle's advice or my good friend's advice or my brother-in-law's advice and I'll just go get XYZ pistol. And here's the issue with that is because it might not be the best gun for you. It might not have the best trigger. It might not have the best ergonomics. It might not fit your hand like it's supposed to. There's a lot of things that could be wrong with getting that kind of pistol because your brother-in-law recommended it, for example. And I see this happen. I see this happen and then somebody's unhappy with their pistol. 
They don't like it. And, and why is it that they don't like it? Well, because they took somebody else's recommendation. It was good for their friend or their relative, but it might not be good for you. Just a quick example. Um, let's say somebody says, well, just go buy a Glock. You'll be happy with buying a Glock. Let's say it's your first handgun. You never bought a handgun before. Go buy a Glock. Hey, you know, a Glock may or may not be good for you. I like Glocks. I've been shooting Glocks for years, and they're excellent guns. Uh, right now, I'm finding out that technology has kind of advanced a little bit beyond Glock. Does that mean I don't own a Glock? No, that's not true. I, I have Glocks. Does that mean that Glocks are not good guns? No, they're great guns, and they set the standard. I mean, think about it. Glocks set the standard for striker-fired guns, especially striker-fired 9mm nine, nine guns. If Glock had not come out with their Glock 17 back in the 80s, for example, do you think we would have all these great choices of striker-fired guns today? I, I don't think so. And you know, think about all the different types of Glock-inspired guns or striker-fired 9mm that are great. I mean, we've got all kinds of choices now, all kinds of good technology available, especially in the striker-fired gun market. Guns like that made in America, American-made Glock-type pistols, Croatian-made Glock-type pistols, Czech-made Glock-type pistols, German-made Glock-type pistols, Turkey makes them, let's see, who else? Brazil, uh, where else do the Glock-type pistols come from? Several American makers, Ruger and, and Smith and & Wesson, are making Glock style. I mean, if you think about it, if you look at it all, but should you really be brand loyal to anyone? I don't think so. And I was kind of just making a... A slightly sarcastic point there about how many different types of Glocks are there. You know, why would you uh, want to get some of the others? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Okay, Glock, for example, has not been really innovative for the last, what, 20 years? I mean, they got several generations of their guns, but they really have not taken big strides to become more innovative like sig has and smith and wesson has and ruger has you know they have done that and even some of the some of the cz guns that are out there now uh, they've taken that glock style that glock system and they've improved it and gone above and beyond so this is why i'm not a big fan of brand loyalty i've really become over the last year and a half I've been pretty enamored with the SIG P365 series of guns. And just this past weekend, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving, by the way. I hope you all had a very, very happy Thanksgiving. This is coming out on Sunday, November 27th. The Christmas season has started now, huh? I mean, for some people, the Christmas season started back in October, but not me. I... My personal belief is I don't think Christmas season starts until the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's just kind of the way that I grew up. So anyway, these P365 series of guns, they just seem to do it all. I mean, look, SIG now, first they started with the, three, with the P365, then the P365XL, 
then the P365X, and now the, what is it, the XL, or the P365X Macro, 17 rounds in that magazine, and a very, very small gun, and they've got, what, the P365 Spectre Comp, or whatever, they got a lot of different choices in their P365 line. I'm not a big fan of the SIG P320s, but you see, that's why I'm not a brand loyalist. Loyalist. Hey, I made up a word. Loyalist. <laughs> loyalist. That's why I'm not a brand loyalist. Because, because every type of gun either suits me or doesn't suit me. The P365 series of guns, I like them. I like them. And I also like the Glock 43X. And of course the venerable Glock 19. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of any of the other kinds of Glocks. Like, you know, I used to love my Glock 34, but there are better out there now. Better than the Glock 34. My my Shadow Systems guns, my DR920 and my MR920, every bit as good as my old third generation Glock 34. And, you know, so I do like some that are that have a brand name Glock. I got some SIGs that I really like. Hey, you know, for a pocket gun, boy, I really like Ruger's lineup of pocket guns. The LCP2 and now the LCP2 Max. Those are fantastic little pocket guns. I still like my old-fashioned car P380. You know, here I am calling car arms old-fashioned. Hey, I remember when car arms, when they were the thing, right? I remember when they were the premier single-stack 9mm. Think about it, folks. A lot of single-stack or a lot of compact micro guns out there. Car arms was probably one of the first manufacturers to really make them popular with the P9, the PM9, the uh, CW9, I still have a P380, uh, super high quality little pocket gun that, man, I really like. And when it comes to a pocket gun, I like the Car Arms brand, the Ruger brand of handguns. For the full-size guns lately, you know, how about Shadow Systems? They have taken the Glock and they have they have really perfected it. You know, Glock always had that perfection slogan, which I wish they would have never come up with. I wish whoever whoever in Glock's marketing department decided that it was going to say Glock perfection, I think that was a huge mistake because it's been the subject of more um, people kind of making fun of it than, than what it really probably was meant to do because Glocks are not perfect. But here's what I do like about Glocks. Glocks are like 1911s in one way. You can customize them in an endless number of ways. I've never seen a gun more customizable than, than Glocks and 1911s. So for all you 1911 folks out there, hey, great. Keep on carrying 1911s and using 1911s. And what's really cool is you probably got your 1911 customized very nicely for you. I'm a big fan of not being brand loyal so that you can customize the gun for you. And if you have a brand that's not real um, easy to work on and to find parts for and to find aftermarket parts and different ways to improve your gun... 
then maybe that brand's not for you. Now, if you don't mind just a completely stock gun, then then go for it. And there are some completely stock guns that I happen to like. For example, the P365 series. I don't think you have to do anything to the P365 series. Now, if you want to, you can. Like, you can get a Wilson Combat Grip Module for a lot of the SIG guns. And all it is is just changing out the grips, and it kind of gives you a little bit better grip. And I have real long fingers, so sometimes I like to have a little bit more girth on the actual grip, okay, to help help me control the gun a little bit better. So there's that. But for some re for some people, the P365s are are great, and even with uh, some of the fifth generation Glocks. You know, you can put the different back straps on there to fit your hand, however you like it. The Shadow Systems guns that I own, the DR920 and the MR920, both elite versions, three different back straps. Look at the Smith & Wesson M&Ps out there, three different back straps. I think I saw a manufacturer that puts four back straps. Is that right? If you know that, if you know somebody out there, I thought, I forgot who it was, but they're making a gun with four different backstrap sizes, so you can make it fit your hand. See, some brands don't do that. So, this is why I say brand loyalty may not always be a good thing. When it comes to striker-fired guns, I can shoot them well, all right? So, I am a loyalist on the platform and I and I actually hate using the word platform but right now at this moment that's the word I'm going to use if striker fired guns are for you if you shoot them well then stick with them if hammer fired guns are your thing stick with them stick with those guns if 1911s are your thing stick with those I am a big proponent of being a loyalist to the type of of system that you are shooting whether it's striker fired traditional double action single action system maybe it's a single action only with a manual thumb safety whatever it is stick with that type of system i find that when it comes to small guns real small guns like the micro nines i shoot the sig p365s better when it comes to larger guns I shoot either the Glock or the Shadow Systems or the M&P guns. I don't shoot the SIG 320 series very well. I've shot them a lot and I, they just don't, they don't agree with me. So this is why I'm not going to be a brand loyalist. This is why I'm not going to think, okay, I'm going to have nothing but SIG guns. That would be a mistake for me if all I had were SIG guns. And I've never really been able to do real well with the traditional double action single action sigs like the 226s and the 229s eh, those just haven't been for me either but like i'm not going to just stick with glocks because i think glocks have some limitations i think shadow systems actually perfected the glock and i think they perfected it better than anybody else because what's really cool about my shadow systems guns is they take glock magazines they, sh they do real well with Glock magazines. Um, I can use some Gen 4 Glock parts. 
on these shadow systems I, I, I want. If, if I want to change out recoil springs or whatever, um, there's just all kinds of Gen 4 parts, and I can use any of the generation Glock magazines, 3, 4, or 5, which there's a gazillion of those magazines out there. How many of you think this is important stuff here? You know, a lot of these guns take proprietary magazines. Now, proprietary magazines to me is a good thing and it's a bad thing. You know, the one good thing about proprietary magazines, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be negative about that feature. Because a manufacturer usually makes magazines that work extremely well for their pistol. A manufacturer wants you to have success. They want their guns to work. So they will make their guns run the best with their magazines. Okay? And, you know, Shadow Systems learned the success of Glock magazines. And those guns work very well with either Glock or the PMAG magazines. The Glock-style PMAG, Magpul magazines. So that's kind of cool, but I wouldn't put down a gun just because it needs proprietary magazines. Look, if you have a handgun, and it'll only take magazines from the manufacturer of the handgun, then here's what you do. Buy a ton of those magazines. Even if they're 50 bucks, buy as many as you can buy. You know, buy one every few months as your budget allows if you got to spend that much on a magazine, but make sure that you at least have them. Now, I do think it's smart if manufacturers would supply three magazines. I think three magazines out of the box, that's the, that's the sweet spot right there. Because some people may never own more than three, but I think three is enough. I think less than three, that's too little. I've seen some manufacturers sell their guns with only one magazine. And I think that's ridiculous. Well, that's one good thing about the Glock Gen 5 series. You get three magazines with those guns. But no matter what you have, buy a bunch of the magazines. You got an H&K, buy a bunch of the magazines. You got SIGs, buy a bunch. You can never have too many magazines. Never. Now, I do think the ability to customize your gun also is a reason why uh, you might not want to stick with brand loyalty. You know, what if you, you know, you're sold on XYZ brand, but, but you can't customize it much. You know, some pistols, there's not much aftermarket parts out there that you can buy. Uh, it's one of the things I like about some of the major manufacturers right now that are putting out guns like SIG and Glock. And uh, even M&P, to a certain extent, Smith & Wesson. You can customize these a lot. The modularity of the SIG guns. That's a really cool concept. But again, I refuse to own and to shoot and regularly practice and train with the full-size SIG double-action, single-action guns. Because I just can't do very well with them. But this P365 series of guns, I mean, you can buy all kinds of grip modules for them to change the grip of the gun any way you want. You know, if you own a Glock, for example, how many different parts and things can you get for a Glock? Look how many different people can work on Glocks. Look how many people customize 
Glock firearms and Smith & Wesson M&P firearms. And to an extent, even the SIG striker-fired polymer guns. I think that's important. And again, I think it's a reason not to be a big brand loyalist, but I think it's important when you're selecting a gun to be able to customize it and set it up the way you want it, to make it your own. I think that's a huge selling point of any firearm, even with rifles and shotguns. You know, the AR-15 platform. Look how customizable those rifles are. It's the most... It's the most uh, prolific rifle out there, not only because it's easy to shoot, but you can make an AR-15 your own. You can do things to it that make it unique for you. And I think that's huge. So even with rifles and shotguns, don't be a brand loyalist. Buy what works for you. Own and practice and shoot what works for you. And if out of the box it doesn't work for you, Make sure it's a gun that you can change and make it work for you. All right, now, may I shift gears here a little bit and talk about triggers. I have come to learn over the past 17 years of shooting, I got real stubborn for a while. I got real stubborn and, you know, I thought I got to have just one type of, of gun and, uh, and one type of a trigger. Well, I was wrong. Uh, I think the trigger makes all the difference in the world. It, it's just huge. The trigger is just an amazing, amazingly important part of the gun. Uh, I'm holding in my hand right now my P365, and it's got a really, really nice trigger. Now, I got a thousand round trigger job on this gun, and uh, most of my guns have a thousand round trigger job. Not all of them, but. The trigger, how you can manipulate the trigger and pressing the trigger without moving your sights. Folks, that's the most important thing in shooting. Would you agree? Press the trigger. Don't let your sights move. Don't let the gun move. Keep the gun still while you're pressing the trigger. Now, I'm a big believer in dry fire practice. And when I dry fire my guns, I want to be able to smoothly press the trigger on my firearm and the sights don't move. And that's what I practice, especially watching the front sight. I don't want the stupid front sight to move. Would you agree? Now, if your gun has such a horrible trigger that no matter what you do, when that trigger breaks, your sight moves. Who has a gun like that? I've had guns like that. I didn't keep them very long. Didn't keep them very long at all. If that sight moves when you press the trigger, I believe you're at a disadvantage. Get a gun where the trigger is going to be good enough and nice enough, even if you have to spend a little extra money to get that gun with a good trigger. If you want to be the most accurate, I think having that smooth trigger press to where it breaks cleanly, like my P365 XL right now. Boom. That is a clean, clean break. That sight did not move at all when I just did that. Okay. When I pick up my shadow systems, 
Uh, right now, I got my MR920, which is basically a Glock 19 clone. Very well done. When I press this trigger nice and slow, that sight did not move. I got a thousand, probably a 2,000 round trigger job on this pistol. Uh, my DR920, which is the Glock 17 clone, not quite as many. That trigger's a little bit more rough. Triggers break in. Triggers break in and get smooth after lots of shooting. The more you shoot it, in my opinion, most triggers, they break in, they get more smooth. You know what else gets more smooth and breaks in? You. I talked about that in the last episode when I was talking about break-in periods. You need the break-in period just as much as the gun uh, needs the break-in period. Would you agree? Some guns are got beautiful triggers right out of the box. But I think the trigger is so, so important. So, you know, if there's a gun that has a horrible trigger, uh, I just won't, I won't buy it or I won't own it. If I do make a mistake of buying it, I won't keep it that long. Especially after I put a thousand rounds through it. If it's if I've done my my signature thousand round trigger job on a on a handgun or any gun, if I've done my thousand round trigger job and the trigger still sucks, then I probably won't continue to own that gun. Some people, if they own a Glock, they put a three and a half pound trigger connector in it. Um, that's fine. Make the trigger better. Sometimes they have a Glock Gen Five. See the Gen Five, by the way, the Gen Five Glocks have much better triggers i think much better than the gen 4 and even slightly better than the gen 3 glocks uh, glock got the trigger right on a gen 5 the glock triggers were you know heavily criticized over the years and they weren't terrific triggers and what's one of the first things people would do to a glock they they'd do a trigger job on it and even some of the glocks i've owned in the past after i ran a thousand to fifteen hundred rounds through them i still couldn't get the trigger to be good and so that was kind of a disappointment uh, but you know with the gen 5 glocks it's vastly improved especially after you put a couple thousand rounds through a gen 5 glock wow those triggers become much nicer walther hey walther there's a there's another german made glock style gun right uh, like their new PDP or, or the old the Walther PPQ. Those things, fantastic triggers. Probably the best striker-fired triggers that are available are on those Walther guns. And But, you know, the Walthers are not, ex, you know, extremely customizable like Glocks and SIGs and M&Ps. You can't quite customize them like you can. But, you know, some of those Walthers, they don't need it because they're just so good out of the box and their trigger is outstanding now um, i'm not a huge fan for me of the walther triggers and i'm going to put that disclaimer on there for me excuse me the walther guns i'm a huge fan of their triggers but i just i have a little bit too much there's a little bit too much recoil on the walther guns for me in my hand the way i shoot my style there's just a little bit too much recoil on the Walther guns. With the Glocks and the Shadow Systems and the SIGs, I can control them a whole lot better. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't stick with the Walther pistols. But they are fantastic when it comes to their striker-fired triggers. Probably the best. And then, of course, you can't beat the single-action trigger of a 1911. You just simply cannot 
beat them. Especially a well-broken-in single action, 1911 trigger. Wow. I mean, you know, when those things smooth out and they get down to like three and a half pounds or slightly under four pounds and it's single action and the trigger barely moves and the hammer drops, I mean, that's just, you know, sweetness right there. You just can't beat that. Now, I am not a huge fan of 1911s. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of 1911s. If 1911s work for you, then that's good news. Then they work for you. I don't particularly like on a defensive handgun having to disengage a manual safety. And 1911s sit real high in my hands. They sit real high. That's the other thing I don't like about the SIG, double action, single action. The traditional SIGs, they sit too high in my hand. I just, for some reason, I, I can kind of line the sights up better when the gun sits lower in my hand. But some people, boy, they just absolutely shoot 1911s. Amazing shooters with 1911s. And that's good. That's that's fantastic. Then if that's you, then a 1911 is your gun. All I'm saying here is be sure that you have a trigger that works for you and that you can control the gun without moving the sights. It's pretty much as simple as that. Would you agree? Control the gun while you're pressing the trigger. Don't let the sights move. You know, when I've taught classes... Instead of getting into all the little details of how to shoot, all I do is show somebody how to get a proper grip. And then I explain to them, the key here is press the trigger. Don't let the gun move. Don't let the sights move. When Spencer Keepers did an episode on my Patreon page, it's called Pure Shooting. And you need to listen to that. If you're not a Patreon member, please go sign up for as little as $3 a month. You can access a bunch of exclusive uh, shows and content on their videos, audio podcasts, even some writing that I've did and um, that I've done. I've done some writing there that that uh, it's taken me a while to do, but videos I did and things like that on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash handgun world i'll always remember that's what spencer keepers said in pure shooting and he did it very well it's a fantastic episode it's a great video the two of us and i did together on pure shooting check that out on my patreon but what he said was you need to be able to press the trigger and don't let the sights move and i think it's important to have a gun where if you press the trigger the sights don't move. I think that's a big, big deal. And check that out if you haven't already. The other thing I'm going to conclude with is it's also important from a concealed carry standpoint to make sure that the holster you have and the belt that you have work. And make sure you got a holster that you spend some money on that holds your firearm in place but also gives you the ability to easily draw your firearm. I've seen some terrible holsters out there that are just really bad. I mean, it's just so hard for the owner to get their pistol out of that holster. And then they can't get a, a good grip 
you need to be able to get a good grip right away, instantly, as soon as you pull your pistol out of your holster. You got to get an instantaneous good grip on it. Go to Concealment Solutions, by the way, if you want a really good holster for concealed carry. Some of the best out there. Jason Christensen, the owner, he's been sponsoring my show for years. I have six or seven of his holsters. Most of them are outside the waistband. Kydex, I've got some hybrid inside the waistband that are just phenomenal. ConcealmentSolutions.com. ConcealmentSolutions.com. Handgun World. Same coupon code gets you a 10% discount. But that's important. It's very important. You got to have the trigger. You got to have the gun system that works for you. You got to have a good holster. You have, a, have to have a good belt. It's all a system. The holster, the belt, the pistol, and the ammunition. I think it's four parts. Four parts of an effective concealed carry system. Starts with the gun. The gun that fits you and has a good trigger. The holster. The holster that securely keeps your gun on your body but allows you to draw it quickly. The belt. The proper concealed carry belt and the optimal ammo for your gun. Next next episode I may talk a little bit more about ammunition because that is so important that some people just don't even realize how important the ammunition is that you're using in your gun. Some guns like certain ammunition and they don't like other types of ammunition. I found that out the hard way. Caused myself a lot of frustration making uh, not making sure that the ammunition that I buy is acceptable in my handgun. Okay, well, that concludes episode 611. You got any questions? You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. I always put a link on Facebook and on Twitter for each of my shows. You can put comments there. You can email them to me. You can call in a voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I'll play your comment or your question on the show, and then I'll comment or answer. I uh, would love to hear from you. I like interacting with listeners. That's one of my favorite things to do on this show. So enough said. What do you think? What do you think about triggers? What do you think about brand loyalty? I'd like to hear your comments. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Uh, again, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, Christmas is coming. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. We celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ's birth. And Christmas, in my opinion, is not about buying gifts. It's not about putting up trees. It's not about putting fake Santa Clauses in your front yard. None of that stuff. It's about being generous. It's about being kind. It's about giving gifts to celebrate the gifts that were brought to our Lord Jesus Christ. Most importantly, we celebrate his birth. Whether it really was the exact day of his birth or not does not really matter in my opinion. He was born and he died to save us from our sins. So, with that said, shoot straight. Shoot safe. <clears throat> Excuse me. Shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you again next time.